Hello, hello, and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece with Samantha Tradelia. Samantha, how are you? Goodness gracious, here we are. It's Friday today. We're recording on a Friday, and we're going to post on a Friday. So we're kind of weekend vibing right now. I um I need the weekend. Honestly, it's been it's been a week. Indeed. Uh, so this actually this 30 minute this is going to rejuvenate me because I need this time. I need this time with you. I need this time with Melissa. Um I I I need to end on a high note uh for the week. So here it is and I'm super excited about it. Um Indeed. we have with us today Melissa Prandy who is president and CEO of Prandy Property Management. Melissa, how are you? I'm great. I'm fantastic. I, I have a lot of women energy in me from last uh, night and being with all of you. It's and, 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 and that, that is how you end the week on a high note with that. Uh, I could spend the entire 30 minutes just literally regaling all of your activities, your history, everything you do, everything you do for uh, the community with your company, your community service, your nonprofits, your chamber work. Um, it's, it, you're, first of all, you're amazing. Let's just start right there. Um, but you, you are a Marin County native, which I always think is super cool as one who is not. And so, of course, Samantha is not. Um, you've had your company for over 40 years. You are uh, held in such high regard in your industry not only for what you've done for the industry, but what you've done for the community in conjunction with your work. So I don't even know where to start with you. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it, I, don't, I don't, do we start in the middle? Do we start at the beginning? Where do you want to go? What do you want to talk about first? Well, I, you know what? We can start anywhere you want and we'll just roll through it. It's, you know, it's the fun of being women, talking with women, like, you know, it's just great. All right, let's start with this. You are president and CEO of your own company, which more power to you. We need more women in that position. How did you how did you get into the property management industry? Have you always had your own company? Were you just like, fuck it, I'm not gonna work for the man and I'm gonna do it myself from the beginning? Or how did how did we get there? Well, first of all, thank you for the compliments. Um, I really do things unconditionally and from my heart. So it's really nice when you can actually feel that coming back from people you just meet or people that you reconnect with. So I, I'm surrounded in really good company. Um, certainly what the work you're doing with women is amazing. So I think it takes one to know one. So, you know, three of us are- We like that. Like we like that. I do. So I started on March 27th, 1982, as a receptionist, uh, Samantha, I don't think you were even born. I was um, too. I was too. <laughs> just get done. Just walk running around. Um, and I was I worked- born. I know you didn't ask me, but just in case you were wondering, I also was born. Oh, you were born <laughs> fairly, you know, in diapers or, you know, sucking on lollipops and thumbs. So I started working for two men, Gary and Richard. I worked for, I was the assistant property manager, got my real estate license in 84. I was tired of hiring. They were hiring guys to have me train them. They got the salaries and um, and then I was just the assistant until I got my license. And uh, I'll give you the short version. I, I worked for them for five and a half years. Women love my story. I went out on a Wednesday at five o'clock and out on maternity leave. I was expected to have a baby. Thursday morning, went grocery shopping. I have a Mexican Italian family. I knew they were going to want to eat when they came to see the baby. So grocery shopping Thursday, Friday morning. I went into labor at 7.30 a.m. 
crossing the Golden Gate Bridge on Friday morning traffic. Oh my God. At the Kaiser, 10 minutes to eight. Had my son, oh, by the way, 10 minutes to eight a.m. Had my son one hour later, 10 minutes to nine. Packed him You're up. Very efficient. Yeah. <laughs> I got things to do. Yeah. So I packed him up, went home. And I remember Matt's dad, my son, Matt is awesome. I remember my uh, son, my son's dad, Tom, and he said, uh, well, that was kind of like going to work nine to five. <laughs> really? Mm-hmm. That's how men think of us women producing these little yeah. babies. Um, so then that was great. It was a Friday, Monday morning, the phone rang and it was the owners of my company on the same call together calling me to say, we're going to sell the company. And if you don't buy it, you're going to be out of a job. My baby was three days old. Are you kidding? Well, <laughs> not kidding. So I said, my girlfriend that was sitting there, she still talks about it. I didn't even, she goes, you didn't even flinch. She said, okay, I'll buy it. And then I started to giggle. I said, but I don't have any money. So <laughs> we got creative. I went to my Mexican, my father, Mexican, Italian, Catholic cop, old school, never asked him for anything. I went to my dad and I said, dad, and I told him, he goes, you have a brand new baby. Stay home, girl, you know, in old school, right? I said, no, I'm going to buy this company. He said, okay, I'm going to give you some money. He said, dad, what will you give me? He goes, I'm going to give you, wait it. $3,500. I go, mm, that ain't going to do very well. <laughs> Thank you so much, dad. Buy me a box of guys. Cool. But we did it. We got creative, paid my dad back in one year, paid the guys off in one year, didn't take a salary, kicked butt. And now we had about a hundred properties under management, two full-time people. And now today I have 21 or 22. I think we just added one. Um, people working for me, mostly women. My son, Matt, is going to be 35. So I was gauge. I'm the owner now, 35 years based on my son's age coming up. And, uh, it just evolved and it really, I love owning the business, but I love the freedom to be able to do the community work you mentioned. Yep. That's the best part. So I own the company 40 years now in the business and October 1, 35 years as the owner. Okay. So you didn't hesitate at all when they said, do you want to buy it? Like, where did, where did you get? Sorry, but where did you get the balls to just go? Yeah, cool. I'll do that. <laughs> just- you know, I don't have fear. The best example I can give you is I took my son one day, we were at a conference and I said, Hey, let's go jump out of an airplane. And so we went to go jump out of an airplane. And I looked at the guy who was hooked on my back and I said, Hey, how do you feel about somersaulting out of this plane? And he goes, never done that before. I said, let's do it. And that's my life. Just somersaulted out of the airplane and um, I, you know, I don't have a lot of fear and I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. And you know what? Sometimes they're bumps and sometimes they're just really good lessons. Well, and I totally feel that like when we fall, we dust our knees off and those are like our tiger stripes, right? That's how we get better and be the women that we need to be. And so being able to take those jumps, I mean, not everybody can take them, but like the fact that you're doing it and have done it and look at what you've built, it's pretty impressive. And property management, let's be honest is, you know, it's a tough go. I mean, you're, you're, people are calling you to say, Hey girl, how you doing? And they're calling you because their toilet doesn't work and they're, you know, there's always a problem. And so everything's a four alarm fire all the time. And it's, it's a tough industry. So, um, I know you from property management because we, uh, did business together insurance wise. I recognized your name from a long time ago. And then I started, uh, you know, obviously getting into the nonprofit circuit at every time I would go to an event. Melissa Prady was there. And I was like, who is this woman? And I need to get to know her more. And the more and more events I would go to, the more and more I would see you around the community. And like, I mean, you're everywhere and you're constantly involved. And it's such a great, I don't know. It's just like when you're in the room, it's, it just lights up and I love it. And I think so many people admire you for that. 
what is it that gets you going with respect to the community work that you're doing? Like, why do you do what you do? Well, I don't think I had a chance. Um, it's funny though, because I think you are, it's inbreded in you. I mean, you know, look at us women, right? What we're doing in the world. But I have a, two brothers and a sister that are not really into, uh, they don't do any charity work. That's not their thing. They used to say I was the white sheep of the family. I'm like, <laughs> they say, have you ever met two shoes? First name Goody. I mean, I, I just had it in my blood, but my dad was a giver and I was a lot like my dad. He told great stories. I could never remember the punchline to the jokes, but my dad could do all of that. Um, so I really, I really have to say that um, people give me energy. So we're going to fill Stacy up with so much energy because we just bounce off each other in this world of energy. And when you give and you have really very little or no expectation, it's amazing when someone just looks at you and says something nice and then how we can be to other people. And so I think it's in my blood and I'm not done. I'm just only just begun. Well, which is an interesting segue because I want to talk about your work abroad. So you've been doing a, quite a few trips to Africa, correct? I just did one so far. I'm about okay. to do it, but that one changed my life. And let's talk about that a little bit. Tell us about that and what you're doing over there. Well, we, um, I went over on a rotary project and I was overseeing the hygiene kits delivery. So I had them made in Uganda, Kampala. Um, I had met six Rotarians over here in Marin. We reconnected, they were from Kampala. They hosted me like I was some rock star and all the people we were with, it was amazing. But you know, I've done a lot of project work. I've been to Guatemala, I've been to a lot of places to give back for some reason. This, like, I never cried so much. Now remember my dad, Mexican, Italian, Catholic cop, don't you cry, it's a sign of weakness. My dad would be like, oh. And I'm like bawling my eyes out in Africa. I mean, I knew I was in the right. People told me it was gonna be life changing. They know what I said? Oh yeah, okay. I'll believe it when I see it. They're like, yeah, I've jumped out of airplanes at conferences. So yeah, okay. It goes to see the joy on the children. You know, but you're giving joy in, with what you're doing, ladies, to give that joy to something that um, I didn't really understand. And they kept giving more to me. And I kept seeing, whoa, wait a minute. These people can't even afford to put shoes on their feet, water in their mouth, and a roof over their head. And yet I get there and there's presents for me. And wait, I gotta, I gotta tell you that one of the best things is I have a peace pole in my name in one of the seven global peace centers in the world. Whoa. And I cried. I said, why, why are you doing this? Don't do this for me. I'm here for you. But I started the Melissa Prandy Children Foundation and uh, we, we developed it the very last week that I was there. I get choked up talking about it. Um, I had a girl named Angela that was given up. They gave me a photo of her and said, this young girl is smart. She's going places, but she doesn't have a, uh, the money to finish her college degree. Will your Rotary Club help with that? So I immediately went to my Rotary Club and I said, hey, do you think we can help this young girl? I gave the background, what she studied. And they said, we can, but we need papers. We need red tape. We need, I said, there's no time for that. So I immediately jumped in and said, I'll personally take care of it. Gave my Rotary Club credit. I didn't care about that, but I said, I'm going to take care of this girl. She's going to graduate January of 2023. I didn't even understand. I never went to college, by the way. I never left Marin County. I never went to college. So I was like, Angela, you better send me what you're doing in college because it's out of my grade, my pay grade. <laughs> I don't even understand, right? So she's going to, she goes, well, mom, you can just tell everybody that I'm going to find cures for diseases. 
She's going to be some biotech. Oh, I can't even imagine that her life has changed so much for some little thing that I did to help. And I got to meet her family and her mom and, and she's a Rotarian. We got her into Rotary. So I got a really good one. What was the draw to this particular location? Because you said you've done you've done work in other countries, but they, you definitely have a spirit and an energy about you when you talk about going to Africa and this particular location and these particular people. Like, what do you think it was that really just? Well, I think the, it the helped to know, you know, it helped to have already the foundation with the six Rotarians that I had taken around Lorraine County. They asked me to host them and show them some of our best of our best, Muir Woods. You know, that was easy for me. Um, right away, they they nicknamed me <laughs> Chief. So everybody in their country gets a nickname. <laughs> so they, to this day, they call me Chief. Um, they gave me, when I got there, they gave me this beautiful hand-beaded, whatever they carry around the Chiefs, you know, all those little fancy things. And um, they said uh, they give people nicknames based on their names and their energy. And I thought that was kind of cute. And I just felt like I had family there for the moment I stepped off the airplane and they all greeted us. Rotary has been really good for me. Um, I went on a rotary project and, and there was a water project and I don't lift heavy things. I don't even know how to put a hammer and a nail and a screw in a wall. So I couldn't do the project work that I wanted to do. I felt like I wasn't doing enough when I went to Guatemala. So this trip, I asked the leader, I said, may I incorporate a trip and have something to give back to the women? And we take for granted every single day when we go through our monthly cycles, thank God mine's done. Um, but we go through our monthly cycles and we can go to a store and get the products for which we need, our daughters need, or our friends' kids. But those girls don't have that opportunity. Isn't that incredible that like that basic fundamental need is not supplied? or avail even available. Who knew though? Come on, who knew? So I met a girl, Celeste, and she is amazing. I happened to meet her on a, on a cruise ship before COVID. She was a, uh, married to a friend of mine's uh, brother. And I said, well, what do you do? She said, I hear you're in Rotary. I said, I am. In fact, I'm about to be the president of my Rotary Club. And she said, oh, I'm a Rotarian too. And I said, but what do you do? She said, I run a nonprofit. I said, please tell me about it. She started to tell me and I knew right away what she was talking about. I had seen the booth at the international convention and what they do is they make hygiene kits. So I'm like, I went into the casino and I want a little money. I'm a gambler. I want a little money. And I said to Celeste, I said, how would you like some money? I just won all this money. I'd like to give it to your nonprofit, but you have to come to Marin County to get it. So she came and she spoke and we raised all this money, went back, made these hygiene kits in you. By the way, we hire the girls in Uganda to make the kits. So there, we're also employing girls, women, to make the kits to give them. We gave out 1,400 hygiene kits to girls that were, you would have thought I gave them a million dollars. I just gave them freedom to and stay. We're talking about tampons and maxi pads for Christ. Right, we're talking, I mean, about, we're talking about pads, reusable, I gotta, washable. I gotta yeah. ask though, because, uh, because we have no filter here, like, what okay you said like when they can't go to the store and buy them obviously right like what were they doing men okay. were asking for sexual favors God. one or two pads and the girls would miss school three to five days a month because Jeez. the girls and boys would tease them when they would bleed into their clothing so they didn't they'd use so they would just stay home and let it shunned they were shunned i mean this is 2022 20 here Right. This is insanity. And, and like we're so fortunate 
in our world, but there are so many other places in the world that, I mean, a maxi pad, for goodness sake. Well, these are beautiful. They're all textiles and they're all colorful and they can hang them up. They wash them. They, we give them a pair in the kits. We give them a pair of underwear, a soap, a washcloth, show them how to do it, show them how to put on underwear because they probably don't even, a lot of them don't know how to do some of that basic stuff. And then we teach them how to use them. We have someone give a sample, but before we give them the kits, really important, we give them education about their bodies, about how they get pregnant without going into birth control. That's not allowed. And so we talk to them about this body belongs to them. Unfortunately, a lot of girls are shunned or raped in all of it. It makes them want to cry. It's so terrible. It's yeah. so terrible. It's um, tell us a little bit about Rotary because a lot of people don't understand what the Rotary does. Yeah, I, I think I think people know it through like uh, like a, a sign, you know, donated by or or honestly like a local parade. They might see a Rotary sponsorship in a parade. But I think it's been around for so long, and I think a lot of people don't know what it is. Yeah, it's uh, I think 100 over 120 years. So um, it used to be kind of known as an old man white club. My old men, in old the white men, old white men club. Yeah, uh, like, not anymore. Like uh, I think I even have. Yeah, I have my. You ladies can see it, but I have a little yeah. pin on that's a high heel with the Rotary because women changed the world and women got into Rotary just a little over 30 years ago. They allowed us in Rotary. Um, 30 years ago. Yes. Okay. And it's 120 some odd years old and it's okay. They didn't know what they were missing until we got in the picture. Right. Oh, yeah. um, now we're going to have our first woman international president come July 1st this year. First oh, woman ever. Um, so, and I know her, she's amazing, of course. And so I have no goal, by the way, let me just be clear. I have no goal to be international president. Um, so uh, what's really cool about Rotary is our motto, which is service above self, which we all relate to. And it's all about giving. We really did a lot of eradicating polio. Um, we, have, we follow the UN and the focus, seven areas of focus. So, you know, women is one of the top areas of focus. We give micro loans to women in like you're doing uh, with Sparkle. We do it there, but we only have to give $25 or $50 to change a woman's life. Yeah. So Rotary's right behind all of that. And we, there's 17 Rotary clubs in Marin County. And by the way, they all have a lot of funds to give back locally and globally. So if you need something, find a Rotary club, be a speaker. We need speakers every week uh -huh. for 17 clubs in Marin. We have in our district, 45 clubs. Crazy. So you can come in and do your thing. I mean, you know, we met and we connected again with Giving Marin. Yep. So yep. Giving Marin is the Marin AJ. They have an amazing Rob. The publisher is incredible. We all love Lori Pierce uh -huh. and um, Sarah, who's new. And what we do is we feature and honor um, the local Marin charities and Rotary's behind that as well. So Rotary's been great for me. Um, because I, I found one place that I could really springboard to give back. But, I love that. Uh, I love that. There's just not enough time to, and, you know, yeah. the energy to give back. We all have so much, but we're all doing our part. And most of the success I see is led by women. Because we're Which nurses. Is, you know, could it be more true? So I love following you on social media because you live loudly like I do. And, you know, it's not always peaches and strawberries out there in our world. And one of the things I really loved this week was your vulnerability. Um, you were a, a closing keynote speaker at an event um, in Las Vegas for your industry. And you 
I would never imagine someone like you to be nervous, but, or people probably think the same thing about me, but like, guess what? We do get nervous, right? Especially when we have the spotlight on us. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how you overcome those, you know, I wouldn't even call them challenges, but just fear of, you know, not fear of failure, but I just think it's kind of a scary thing to have to get up there and talk and your vulnerability about it was really cool. So tell us a little bit about how you prepared for that and what that felt like and how it felt when it was all done. Cause I know you got a standing ovation, I'm sure. Um, so I, I really want to make sure I'm always doing my best. So if it was just a workshop or something easy, it's something, but this guy that was running the conference said, Melissa, I want you to give 40 years of your life in 40 minutes, maybe a little longer. And I want you to wrap in business community and challenges. And I want you to go personal. So when someone asks you to go personal, when you've had life challenges, we can talk quickly about because we're limited on time, but I can touch on that. So I stood on that stage in front of all of my peers and had a little practice because I had already done it for Center for Domestic Peace here in Marin County with almost 700 people in the room. I went vulnerable for that. Um, But when he asked me that, I had, I had, it took me a long time to really get the rhythm on what I was going to do. And it worked. And I did my life in decades, 10 years times four, the 40 years in my business and what was going on in my life in community, in personal and in business. And I will tell you, my voice started to crack when I told the story. The first marriage I had, I've been married twice. First marriage I had, great guy, just got a little bored. And um, we parented our child, Matt, and he came out awesome and we did great. And I still sit next to him in in a restaurant or in a party for the family and we get along great. Um, But then I had a relationship where I didn't marry him in the middle, a sociopath, domestic violence. But I thought if I just kept adding more on my plate and adding more nonprofit boards, being more busy in the community, my business was successful, nobody would ever know. It could be my secret. And it got worse and worse and worse and more um, manipulative. He never hit me, said he wasn't that stupid, but he had me tracked. He knew every move I made. I moved seven times in two and a half years in terror and fear. I had a domestic violence restraining order. I went to trial, whole time running my business with a poker face, not letting me know that I'd come home and cry. And then I was, I would just break down. I wasn't eating properly. Um, um, I had six friends or so that were my pivot that I stayed in a circle with to get through it. Um, and it was speaking in front of that group prepared me for the hardest speech, the hardest presentation of my lifetime because I looked down off the stage in San Rafael right here in our neighborhood and saw most every woman I was talking to bawling their eyes out when I was on the stage because I told my story and I told it raw and vulnerable. So when I was on stage this two nights ago, two days ago, um, I dipped into that and have time to go into it too much. And I don't today either, but I dipped into that and told that part of the story and said, domestic violence is serious. And it happens. There's no discrimination here. It, it happens to everybody within a family member, friend. We all know somebody that has been through it. It's pure hell. But I got through it. I got through it with good friends and music. But then it didn't stop. I got my second marriage. Man of my dreams. I dated 27 years ago. We got married just uh, over four years ago. I thought, wow, finally, I got this guy born and raised in Tennessee, seven gentlemen, wonderful guy. Three months into the marriage, he got fired from his job, decided binge drinking was the answer. I've been through 13 rounds of binge drinking, rehabs, inpatient rehabs, outpatient rehabs, pure hell. 
and I divorced him. And I'm probably one of the few people I can sit here and talk to you ladies and say that I got a divorce during COVID on Zoom. We can do everything on Zoom, including getting, we can get married on Zoom. We can get divorced. And we could get divorced. <laughs> yeah. You know what? It was hard for me. That's a hard, you know, we can joke about it now because I'm done. I'm divorced. And, you know, we tried to make it work even after that period because I had to stop myself from getting into my codependency nature, my giving, my nurturing. I went to one-on-one counseling. I tried Al-Anon, which didn't work for me, but I had a really, really good counselor that just would tell me, just repeat the mantras. This is not your journey. You can't fix them and you didn't cause it. And I divorced him and I still love him, but I can't do it. So that his journey is not your journey. And to be able to be strong enough to, you know, be a grown ass woman and say, you know what, Mm -mm. this is, you know, maybe, maybe later, but not right now. I mean, that's a big deal. And I think, um, you know, you should commend yourself. And a lot of women don't know that they've got that ability and power to do that, you know? Well, you have to remember. I think a lot of us don't know that's an option. Like, I, I, I think we just... We, we think this is this is our lot and I'm, I need to work within it instead of sort of putting ourselves first. We put everybody else first, right? right? So in order for you to step away from that and realize not your journey, not your issue, you had to put yourself first to be able to say, yep, I'm, I, I need to remove myself from this situation. And I think that's where we struggle, right? Like we just, we stay in it because we don't see ourselves first. We, we want to fix it or figure out a way to live within it that doesn't, doesn't have to be that way. Well, and for me, um, I didn't want to give up. I mean, obviously 13 rounds. He, he went to rehab here in Calistoga. Um, I didn't stop. Um, at the same time he was in, a, in this first rehab going back almost four years ago, he, um, my best friend was dying of cancer. So I was so angry that he was dragging me into this situation with his drinking and all of that. Meanwhile, this person in my life who was my roommate who worked for me was fighting and lost his battle to cancer. So, uh, you know, things happen. And, you know, sometimes when you're in it, it's like when you have small babies or children and you're doing all this, you're like, how did I ever do that? <laughs> get through it. And you know, my secret is music. I love music. So I get up in the morning, my music gets going. I'll put on my headset on my walk. It changes my, my vibration inside. So that helped me. And then being able to get to a point, which I just did, um, where I spent a couple months down in Mexico. I have a home there. I spent some time down there really cleansing, journaling, massages, healing, sound healing. Like we had last night, there was a lady that does a lot of sound healing and vibration. And I tossed, started talking about it. And I decided by the time I left Mexico to come back to San Rafael, would I be strong enough to put it out there? As you said, Sam, Samantha, you brought it up where we're vulnerable sometimes. I did. I put my heart right on my, took it slapped it on my arm and put it out there because people kept saying, are you still married? What's going on with her? They would ask other people, what's going on with her? Is she still married? And they come up to me and say, are you married or what? I mean, when I go to a conference or friends, friends here. So I said, let's just get it out there. And I got to that point by doing that work to be able to be on Facebook and say, I tried, I gave it my best. I failed in some regards because I divorced him but I had to do what was best for me. And really what's best for him is to get on his own path and his own journey. But that's not, that's not a fail. That's, that's a win. A that's a win in sending him on his journey that he needs to be on. And again, self-care, putting yourself first, putting yourself 
where you need to be for you. That's a win. Yeah, it's difficult. But, you know, I think I have another book in me. I've written two books. I have another book in me, not in my career of property management. I feel that some of this is landing on my shoulders to talk about domestic violence, to talk about yes. how to get yes. through it, women supporting women. How do you do it? You give back and you do these things that I still, I'm the president of WLPC, which is the Women's Leadership Philanthropy Council. And it's right here in San Rafael. And we mentor these women coming out of college or that are junior seniors and teach them things that maybe will empower them to be stronger, to know like me, to get out. And it's okay to get out. It's okay to say, you know what? Not for me. So I think that's part of my story and I'm sticking to it. Um, I'm here. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm so grateful. I will recommend a book. It's called um, The Miracle Morning. Okay. You're the second person that has mentioned that book to me in two days. Like literally yesterday. The Miracle Morning. I'm going to write that down right now. I went and ordered it yesterday. It's on its way to me. Uh, twice in two days, there's I, that book is meant to be in my oh. atmosphere. So the recommendation I will say is I didn't do 30 days. I'm an overachiever. I did 365 days, but take that first hour they talk about it becomes our own hour. I'm adding in exercise, adding in journaling. There's a five minute journal app on your phone and ladies that are listening to this, take the time to do that one hour. I don't care if you have two kids, five kids, no kids and then three dogs. We can give ourselves one hour a day, at least one hour a day. And it's like they recommend doing it first thing in the morning, getting up an hour earlier, just doing it. So um, what I will say is that Miracle Morning kicked me off to exercise. My body's changed to the benefit of walking, exercising. I feel better about my shape. I'm going to be 60, ladies, in no, November. Come on, girl. This is the greatest thing ever. Melissa, we could talk to you literally all day long. Like you are everything... And then some being vulnerable, being powerful, being a woman, making a difference, all the boxes you're checking every day, all day. So everybody order their copy of Miracle Morning and get out there this week and be inspired.